We finally scored two goals anyway, if nothing else, but it's another defeat for Ireland. Uh, 3-2 to Serbia tonight at the start of our World Cup qualifying campaign. So, time for another rant cast, I suppose. It's uh, the boss of the team are here with you. I'm Mick, along with Gary, Sean and Donny to uh, talk through what was a very disappointing result, if not a disappointing performance um, from Ireland. Um, we definitely want you to get involved, though, so please do comment uh, wherever you're watching this. And, um, yeah, like, what do you think, lads? Gary, you've been doing the player ratings. You were covering the game. There was definitely times at halftime I was, you know, despite the fact that it was one all, I was very happy with how Ireland were played. Nothing massively changed in the second half, but... Mistakes, individual errors, inexperience, things just worked against us that for me just is because we're actually just not good enough at the moment. That there's not really anybody's fault, player or manager. Yeah, it definitely seemed like that. Like you were saying, for the first 40 minutes, especially, things were going pretty well, about as well as you could have expected. That goal was a bit soft to give away and it came at the worst possible time as well, just when you wanted to get into the dressing room. And then it was just, I think, there's the margins are so fine in international football. I think it was just the lack of quality in the end and inexperience, like you were saying, that just the two goals killed us. And that was it. It was game over. They were never going to come back, really. So, yeah, don't know what else to say about it. Like, but that was just, it was so disappointing in the end, you know? Yeah. Straight after full time, um, Sean, like, I mean, can we can we take anything from it? Like, are we going <laughs> to... Is there any point in us coming on here and saying, but we play, but we passed it, like, you know, we scored a couple of goals and the ball was on the deck for a few minutes. Is there? Is this the time for the, 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 the positive we're getting there conversation? Like, probably not, but that was probably what I was going to infer <laughs> from the match. Like, like we, we scored two goals. That's more than we've scored in the entire Kenny regime thus far. Listen, if we if we are under any other manager, we go backs against the wall out there. And if we come away with that result, we can be like, ah, what did we expect? They've got better players, you know? Um, and I think it's the fact that we did try to press them high up the pitch. Like, we pressed them high up the pitch at the beginning for the first half an hour. I think that we, we did it remarkably well. Then they get that goal at the wrong time. And then we end up doing it at the end with the old guard and Shane Long, and we get a goal. We nick a goal off it because uh, Serbia get put under pressure. Um, yeah. Now, not to say that we're harking back to put them under pressure, but football r- runs in cycles like that. It's about what we do, like on the ball as well. I thought, like, I I did find it strange that Alan Brown got man of the match, um, considering that I thought, like, he had I think one good pass in the match and it led to a goal. Like, fair play to him, but. I don't think he held it anywhere near as well as the other two midfielders. And that's a positive. I think the Cullen and Malumbi axis were, were brilliant. And we yeah. kind of lost a run of ourselves when Malumbi went off the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. You, you agree, Gary? Yeah, definitely. I like that. I think the midfield tree worked really well. They were wanting to do like Jaiton in the first half, especially was absolutely brilliant. And when he went down injured, I was like, Oh, here we go again. But luckily he got back up, but, I thought he was brilliant. Like, Malumbi wasn't spectacular, but he did everything you asked for him. He pressed like an absolute machine. He, like, he has the legs to do that. And I think when I seen Hendrick coming on, like, without, like, disrespect to Jeff Hendrick in any way, but I just knew he's not that sort of player and we're going to lose something in terms of, like, energy in midfield when he replaced Malumbi because he just doesn't have those legs. And yeah. it's that tone. They completely dominated the midfield after Malumbi went off, I thought. I said that earlier, like it was um, when he came on, I was just saying at home here, it was like, 
this is such a hungry and like chasing and pressing Ireland performance. The last thing we need is Saunter and Jeff Hendrick coming on. And it's, it is unfair to Hendrick as well. He didn't really do it. Like, you know, he did try and get in the ball and you could see the effort there, but he's just not that player. Like, you know, and yeah, again, don't want to necessarily blame it on too, but there is some comments definitely uh, just popping in here that seem more positive than I thought. Um, there would be not that Ryan Hanley had uh, trials at West Brom. I think I pressed the wrong button there, lads. But uh, look, and here's here's one for you. Anybody saying Kenny out is a sap? <laughs> says Chris. Just a point. A fair point. For sure, and somebody else said, big improvement, two major defensive errors cost us massively. This is kind of what I was going to go for as well. It's like, I don't want to be the person who's coming on after like we lose seven games in a row and talking about how we look better. Uh, but at the same time, we look better, and individual individual errors are going to happen because we're actually not that good a football team at the moment. If you look, me and Gary are talking about this all the time, we've got nobody playing at a high level in 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 the English game at the moment. We've anybody who is playing in Premier League game. Enda Stevens is the only player on the pitch tonight who's guaranteed his place at a Premier League team, and they're bottom by twenty points. Sheffield United. You know, Seamus Coleman will play most of the big games, and he was fantastic tonight. Absolutely superb leader performance. But Tara O'Shea is a kid. You know, it's as well his fourth cap tonight. Mark Travers, God bless us, he's a fourth-choice keeper. He made a mistake. He's going to live with that. But, you know, he shouldn't be in that position anyway. So I don't understand. Like, we kind of do need to look at what the positives were because there is progress being made. But that might that might also continue in worse results than we were getting before because that group of lads who came on at the end of the game tonight, they're all getting older. The guys who are coming through, there's a big old gap. There's no, we don't have any 24 or 25-year-olds on the team. Danny, you haven't spoken in a while. You're normally one to when 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 we uh when we go on these shows and all kind of say everything's rosy in the garden despite losing three two to Serbia. You're normally the person who says realism. Why didn't we just hoof it up to James Collins for the whole game? I mean, it, and it's it's just a bleak portrait. Like for like there was great passages to play, but at the end of the day, it's like there are Ireland were ripped apart. Like with those two like goals at the Travers goal. I mean, obviously that's terrible goalkeeping um and he's you know in normal circumstances um he's not playing in these kind of games but like i just feel like i've seen this game from ireland a lot of times where they they play very well um and then they they're just so easily like we just give up very soft goals repeatedly and like i don't know like I, I, I just I, I, I'm totally here for the arguments that it's the personnel and inexperienced players, and we don't have the guys anymore. But like, um, I don't know. I, I just, I just, I, I, I kind of, it's sort of, it's just these soft, you know, that it's, you know, watching Tadic just sort of, kind of just pull strings. Like, um, it, it just, it, I don't know. I just kind of worry about the project in a, in a way. I, may, I know it's deep down, the players just aren't really there. But like, I just. You know, I just would have. I, I just wish we could just nullify them a bit, you know. And like, yeah, Ireland, Ireland's best players are defenders, and we can't defend, you know. <laughs> what's our what? What's the alternative? Though I often wonder I, about this kind of like it's the Mick McCarthy way or the Stephen Kenny way. And Mick McCarthy is even more in the middle. Like it's you know it's a Martin O'Neill almost way of basically having no style. Gary, I used to always say to you, Ireland were the worst team in the world, right? This is an ongoing thing that I have. It's not it's not like we don't have the worst players in the world, or we don't have like the worst results, but we will go to a team 
who are like Georgia, say, who don't have players at the at high level of us and let them play us out the park because we have no style, no identity, and we just kind of like hope to bang in through heart and effort to one-all draws. And we're not doing that at the moment, but the results are getting worse. Like, we have to be honest about that, but at least we seem to be playing to our level. And Serbia are better than us. Look at the front, look at Mitrovic coming off the bench tonight. Like, and imagine how many caps Alexander Mitrovic would have if he was Irish. Like, at the end of the day, the, that game, like, Serbia have better players than us. That game was decided by Mitrovic. And even though Travers was caught out badly for that goal, no player in the Ireland team would be able to pull off that chip. And arguably, no player in the Ireland team would be able to produce that header either. So he came on and he produced two great goals. And that was the difference between the end of the team at, at the end of the day. Like, I know what you're saying, Mick, about we need a plan and we do because international football let's not beat around the bush isn't great you can get a long way by having a plan and players who believe in it and a way of playing look what northern ireland did you know but michael o'neill coming in that time like and wales like i know wales have some really good players but and scotland they have probably better players too but they all have a way of playing they have players that buy into it and that's what ireland need to do and that's what kenny is trying to do and it will take a while but you can't judge him yet like i know i know we're not saying that but we do we i know we want to see results but we, we just have to stick with it and just try and get something with it because what what where what, what would we doing otherwise? You know, just spinning the wheels under Mick McCarthy and Martin O'Neill. So Yeah. Our old friend Mark Farrelly is uh wants to talk about Josh Cullen. The, again, I, I wish we drew this game because I've so many talking points about the positivities part of it, John. But like we Josh Cullen being our defensive midfielder, our six, as the modern uh, people like to call it, coming and showing for the ball and just playing a simple one-on, which an Irish player hasn't done since Roy Keane was in that position. It was just <laughs> nice to see. Like, I, I know it ultimately got us nowhere. I don't know. I'm, I'm finding it very hard to kind of stay with this positivity. That's... Like, Mick, you're right, though. Like, let's take the positives. Let's take Josh Cullen in that role. Like, I don't think he put a foot wrong. And it was refreshing to see. It was refreshing to see there was one part in the first half where I think it was a, it was a kick out. Travers played it to uh, Daryl O'Shea. He took it up about 10 yards, played it through to Malumbi, and Malumbi legged it onto it to give it to Matt Doherty. And, and suddenly we had a chance for cross. Like, and that was, like, that was two passes, and it went from defence to attack in an instant. Like, we wouldn't have done that under any other manager. I'm convinced of it. Like we wouldn't have done that, so that's something that I have like that. That's a positive. And again, like let me search for some negatives because we did lose. Um, I like this is what happens when you have like very inexperienced goalkeepers. Like I even think like the third goal is a great header. Like Mitrovic gets up very well, but Travers is too far over one side of the goal. I sound like Gary Neville. I've never played goalkeeper at any <laughs> higher level than SDFL under twelves maybe under 16s at a push but I was never tall enough like Travis I think was too far <laughs> over one side of the goal that that header wasn't in the corner obviously I the agree. second goal is an error yeah. from him like does that mean that Bazunu comes in or do you stick with Travers for the purposes of this of this I don't but know but also uh, here's the thing though is the world cup gone like I mean this I mean this in it's his first game and we lost to the away game and it should be but was the world cup gone before this even started because of what we're talking about because of this like we're talking about a group of young lads and the odd experienced player who like other than Coleman have never really done that much anyway it's like like 
the 2002 team had Roy Keane, Damien Duff and Robbie Keane. Take everybody else out of it. Shay Given, for example. And you still have, like, as good as, like, what, what we're talking about now about the international football, Gary, not being that good anymore. That's all you need. You need four lads, you know, that, that, that can go and, and do a job. We don't have anyone like that at the moment. And so maybe the World Cup's gone, but we can develop it, you know, and... and Mark Travers or Bazunu, whatever at this stage, you know what I mean? Because you're talking about our fourth and fifth choice goalkeepers who are kids, especially for goalkeepers. Like, So I, I, I agree. I think that he probably could have done better for all three goals. Mm. You know, but yeah. at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't... I, I, I don't know whether I can... I, I, I keep starting this conversation saying we should write off the results they don't matter and then I can't get to the end of the yeah. sentence because it doesn't sound right, you know? Yeah, I think it's, this is World Cup qualifying. At, at heart, all we have to... There's a match against Portugal, a match against Serbia. If we can get, you know, two away draws and a win against Serbia at home, we can be in a playoff. That's, how, the, that's the road that we know. And you can never write that off, you know? That's, like, you have to believe in that on some level. But I mean, I think it's gone now. I think you just like it, you just have to de- develop the the talent. It's not gone though, because if you beat Serbia at home and everyone else loses to Portugal, then it's back on. Like you know, I I, yeah. I know it's just not they're looking at that tonight. You're not going to say, oh, we're definitely going to beat Serbia at home, but you're, we could, you know. I just find it hard to believe that. Like I don't know. Like I I I kind of I believe in what Kenny's doing, and it's the right thing to do. But I just don't think. I think that we're so far behind in terms of, if we're playing this way, like the personnel is so far behind what we need it to be to get results against these teams, to get wins, that I just, I think, like, I think we need to develop these players and not kind of ruin their confidence or anything. But I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm less optimistic about it while I think it, like, it feels right, you know. Yeah. I, I, I think what makes that earlier on was important in that there's a few experienced players who are, you know, pretty good, but then there's a massive drop off, not in terms of necessarily talent level, but just in experience. We go from, we basically have a team of 30 and 21 year olds, and there's no one in between. And Stephen Kenny has talked about that a few times in press conferences saying, for 10 years, the only two players that came through the Irish system in terms of playing underage for the country and then making it to the senior team was Robbie Brady and Jeff Hendrick. Now we have seven or eight of them coming through at one time. So, like, it's going to take time for those to adjust. And that's what the problem is, in my, in my opinion. It's a mix yeah. of inexperience. Like, obviously, we don't have a great... We, don't, we know we're not world leaders, like, but I think it's just inexperience. It was, it's kind of like when you would go to a nightclub in Ireland during the recession and it was only, like, 16-year-olds and 40-year-olds and there was, there was nobody <laughs> in, in the middle. <laughs> like, Pretty that's, much. That, that's the Ireland team. Who's seen uh, Penny in that analogy, though? <laughs> you... If you you would have seen a few of the comments just popping up there as you were talking, and uh, they're they are generally positive. It has to be said, uh, which is, I think is it, it, it's heartening because we're all so reactionary as football fans, and I think we're actually trying our best not to be here, you know. But um, it is natural to be, but there is a positivity, and it came from really good play. Like Fiji, the first goal, Ireland's first goal was as good of a like a minute uh, phase of play as we've seen from them in a while. And then there was a there was a, a passage of play in the second half. Stephen Kelly really picked up on it in commentary. But I remember just even as it was happening, I was like, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Calm, calm, calm. And then, and then an opening happened and we got a chance and nothing came of it, obviously. But it was like, we're... It's slowly but surely in the early Kenny games when we were talking about, oh, this is better football. We're keeping the ball. We weren't doing that. We weren't keeping the ball for, you know upwards of two minutes and 
20, 30 passes and, you know, uh, actually creating a chance at the end of it. Yeah, like I, I think the, the one that you, you're speaking about in the second half was when we did keep the ball for ages. It went back to Kieran Clark. He took a touch out of his feet, saw a runner on the left. I think it was it could have been Ender Stevens, might have been Callum Robinson, found him and we got a corner out of it. Yeah. Like now like that's a mixture of play that you need to have. It's what Stephen Kenny had at Dundalk. Like Stephen Kenny wasn't just solely playing passing football. Like he had big lads at the back that could come up and, and head in a set piece if needs be. You know, you're, you're not you're not employing the likes of Brian Gartland for his footballing capabilities. He has a big head and he can head the ball quite well. But the thing is, is that there was a mixture. They knew when to play it and they knew when to throw it up the line. Like, and that's what you that's what you need. You need to have footballers that have the capabilities to do both, to recognize, to do both. And I like for a lot of the match, I was very impressed with Dara O'Shea and how assured he was on the ball. But there was a time at the end of the match where. All he had to do was take the ball into him and seek a pass out. Yeah. But instead, he swept his foot at it. Now and again, and it was, it wasn't just with inexperienced players. Like, and we can talk about James McLean. Like, he came on and he—I don't think he beat him. The first man went across, and he had about seven of them. Like, that's not he kept good bouncing enough. back to him to have another go. Exactly. Like, and it's just a game of ping pong between him and the full back. Like, and and you're saying that like that it is that inexperience of O'Shea, but. James McLean needs to do better, or is it just a case of like, like he's not good enough now? Is that it? Or we, or we move on from yeah. So it's like if you brought on, you brought on Brady Long, uh, McLean, Hendrick, and Collins, right? So Collins is more of an in between. He hasn't got like as many caps as the others, and you know Collins gets gold. Long, you know how much he did. He had a couple of headers that didn't quite fall for him, but he did look up, and that was a smart play he had for that second goal. And I think Brady, while not consistently, actually, you did actually trust a, you know, and he did get that ball in towards the end um, when McLean gave it to him instead of having another go himself. But yeah, I think you maybe maybe you just move on from these guys and again build for the future, as I was saying earlier, as somebody else was saying in the comments. You, I did feel that we were lacking experience tonight, though, and you know that doesn't mean that James McLean's the answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe we just have an experience problem. It doesn't mean you go to all the lads who have a load of caps who are probably past it, you know? Yeah, like, I, think I think that's the key. Sorry, Gary, go on. No, I was just going to say, I think if we are going to take one positive away from this game, I think it's that, and you know me long enough, lads, I've beaten this drum about playing a 3-5-2 or of some sort for the last two years, and I think it works. I think if you if you take out Kieran Clark and put in John Egan, and you take out Mark Travers, Travers and put in Keevan Kelleher or Darren Randolph, I think that's an incredibly solid back unit to have, both in terms of defensively and attacking if Stevens and Doherty are anywhere near their best. I think it's, and then you have that midfield as well. I think the midfield worked really well. I maybe would have liked to see Jason Knight in there, but I couldn't have fault any of the lads that started. So it's just a matter of, and then obviously we know the issues are up front. So, you know, yeah. just, but I think in terms of a structure, there's definitely something there to be learned tonight to take forward that we can be really effective absolutely yeah definitely it, it seemed to work for for this team for the most part but again we'll just say like three goals conceded is an unusual one for ireland and that happened in that system so you have to look at that i would say though like i don't think you, as, what age is seamus coleman is he 32 he just turned 32 for the next two years at least if he's fit you can't have an ireland team without seamus coleman starting yeah i think Kenny just, got his, Kenny he's got so team. much above everybody else like yeah, he's for so many reasons he has to be like the first name on the team sheet. I think, I think Kenny's learned 
that he like made a mistake there and not I guess not to legislate that again but it's like you know he has to he has to be in the team we need quality defenders and he's he's our best one definitely any other thoughts lads any other uh anything we can take away the question i thought conley was kind of like kind of fun like uh, the hair was really um exciting and like he, he kind of got pressing a, was fantastic yeah he it really he, was yeah he had a, he had an impact considering how undercooked he is or whatever using kenny's words but the um you know he like arguably like maybe that's a penalty in dublin that that tackle in the 50th minute or whatever it was so um i thought he brought a lot in in his own way um and you know robinson was pretty good like for the limited options those guys did um did do do a good bit um it's just you know it's it's there's no one you know it's it's when it's McLean and Long not not to knock them but like you know there there's a gap there in terms of talent and and just ability yeah there was times that the, the speaking of the pressing though Gary there was times when I remember like you know in the first half that they were peppering us and you're thinking geez we're under a bit of pressure here and all of a sudden from the front Robinson and Connolly pushing on the midfielders pushing on and then suddenly they were back at their keeper and you're just thinking like you're just like slow clapping almost you know it's like yeah. this is to see an Irish team do that was fantastic it, you, you're not going to keep that up for 90 minutes but I did think we we got like in so many ways tactically we were spot on tonight you know I think the that's Stephen Ke- I've been at a good few press conferences and stuff with Stephen Kenny over the last year and he keeps talking about how you need pace at international football and it's something we don't have a lot of in the squad but Aaron Connolly and Callum Robinson definitely both have it and that helps both in terms of getting in behind and being able to press like that Mick when you're saying it looks like there's nothing going on then all of a sudden there's a defender under pressure because Aaron Connolly's after making a 20-yard sprint but I'm not sure about the Robinson and Connolly partnership going forward to be honest I, I like them both as players but I think there's just something a bit lacking when they're your only two options up front I think if Adam Eda if Adam Eda was there instead of Robinson and he's a bit more of a physical presence while also being light and fast and being able to get behind I think that offers a lot more and Connolly can kind of time and play off him as opposed to having to be the first you know can kind of react to what's going on so I think that might be a move going forward but I wasn't convinced about that as a partnership yeah I think so. Someone's saying there the first and second Serbia goals were class finishes in fairness. And they were. Like Serbia like took the game well. They've got very good forwards. Um and Tadic was brilliant. And I think we have to be honest about that as well, and that they might be ahead of us at the moment, you know. Um somebody here, Luxemburger on Saturday night, you're gonna be at the Aviva for that one. Gary Luxemburger looking at us saying we can beat them. And why not? I hope they are. You know, if they have any ambition at all, like the Ireland are the team to go for at this stage, but Another point here saying that we have to be rootless against the uh, lower-ranked teams, and I think that's key. They, they link in together. It's like, for us to take anything out of this, we have to go and beat Luxembourg like 4-0 here now, and we have to like not drop any points against Azerbaijan yeah. or Luxembourg um, in this competition. And whatever happens against Serbia and Portugal, it's like we can live with it. It's like we can move on to whatever comes next, European Championships or another Nations League or whatever the hell it is, if we don't qualify for the World Cup, if we show improvement, if maybe we're not at that level yet because we don't have the players, but we're, we're beating the teams that are below us because it, we do run out of excuses for Stephen Kenny and the system and the new team and all that very quickly if we're not taking care of business against teams that are worse than us. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure, I think, on, on this Luxembourg fixture. Like, I would have, I would have thought he might have like blooded players and experimented a bit, but like, he needs a, we need a pretty kind of clear win there. I know it's Luxembourg, but we have come down a rung on the ladder, I think, um, and like, we do, we need, he needs, a, like, he needs a win. 
Yeah. To be fair, oh, yeah, I, the, one, the, the one thing I would say about these sort of games now is that these, nobody wins eight, seven or eight nil against teams anymore in these qualifying games. Like Portugal only won oh, one nil against in international football. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Portugal only won one get one nil against Azerbaijan tonight. Like, I didn't see anything else from that game apart from the scoreline. But like you know, they're not going to be Ireland aren't going to hammer them. Luxembourg beat France a couple of years ago in a World Cup. Ah, it was years ago. Well. They've gone backwards since then. Hopefully, <laughs> <France won laughs> I did say at half time. I said at half time Ireland played really well. It was one all. They were banging on on uh, Richie and uh, and Kevin Doyle were on on TV talking about how great it was, and then and I just checked the score and I went, "Oh Jesus, Portugal are beating Azerbaijan only one 0 Don't tell me they're good." <laughs> <laughs> and like, as well. And wolves are yeah. wolves are wolves are in poor form this year, so maybe there is hope for Ireland. You know, Ruben Neves <laughs> scored actually. He got he was the one who gets a goal. He hardly ever scores. It must have been outside the box. We'll find out that in time. Uh, Right, okay. Any last thoughts, lads? Because I think we'll wrap this up because uh, we've had... we it, it was set up as a rant cast, but it really wasn't. I think this is a very measured and somewhat possibly even over-positive analysis of <laughs> what we saw in Serbia tonight. I'm just thinking back on this. Like, we're talking about, like, Mitrovic and, like, those goals that he took. Mitrovic is not a good player anymore. Like, I know he was maybe good <laughs> one. Like, Euro 2016, like... The, he is far past his best. Too many of these games where Ireland are playing, these kind of players show off their brilliance, you know. And like that's my problem with Ireland. Like he's just... only twenty six. He's only twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> he looks about fifty. He looks like he's getting ready for like a pro he's wrestling kind of side career. I don't know. I I I, w- I would make like I know maybe being reactionary, but if we're playing Luxembourg at the weekend, I would like I would like to see Gavin Bazunu play. I don't think it won't happen, but I would like to see it happen. I would like to see him start. I'd also like to see Troy Park be given an opportunity, maybe not from the start, to be on the bench at least and come on maybe because like we're not like we're not doing great up front anyway. So I, I think those are two I'd look at for this weekend. Absolutely. And as well, like if we want to play a pressing game, like I think that's the one thing that uh, Parrot has been doing quite well. He hasn't been scoring goals for Ipswich, but he's been endeavouring. And it's only a matter of time before he gets a few more goals. He's only got one so far. So I, I, I would agree. I would like to see Bazuna. I'd certainly like to see Bazuna. There's nothing wrong with giving a lad from Rochdale an international debut. The North did it with Paddy McCourt, so we should do it with Gavin Bazuna. The lad that's how I feel about it. The lad who we replaced at Rochdale is in the Spain squad this week. So exactly, Robert Sanchez. There you go. <laughs> it must be. It must be all right. Like, and the the thing about the kind of distinction between Travers, the reason why Travers was picked over Bazunu or whatever, like it's down to experience, the relative experience that both of them have. Like Travers came into a Bournemouth team and kept was it kept a clean sheet against Spurs, like, and he was nowhere near the squad. Good saves, man. In the match, yeah, yeah. Gavin Bazuna came into that Rovers team as a 16-year-old, saved a penalty away to Cork, and they won one nothing. Like he saved the penalty from Kieran Sadier, actually. He's playing uh, more football. I was exactly. going to say, if, yeah. if you look at their entire careers, I'd say Bazuna now probably has more first-team games played than um, than Travers has because Bazuna's played every game for Rochdale this season. I think he has yeah. like 26 appearances, something like that. So, do you think Kenny's going to be regretting like that call and not bringing Knight on? Like. I think that's the, those are the two yeah. like those are two decisions that he made that I think like you know obviously I think he picked the right team but I you know d- did he stick to his guns there with Hendrick you know yeah I'm just looking at like the the I said like it is we're generally 
if not positive, then th- certainly not negative, certainly not like throw it all out. Uh, comments more or less are the same um, from people watching. And I do wonder when this kind of gets recycled in the media and certain quarters, you know, not everybody or not even the majority, but certain people are writing stories tomorrow saying, you know, we had it better under Mick and so on and so forth. Does public opinion move with that? You know, do people kind of say, hmm, yeah, you know, maybe you're right. Um I don't think anybody can say that Stephen Kenny has ever had a strongest team. We've never had, a, you know, any kind of real run look or anything like that. But I do wonder how long uh, we can go without getting a win before. <laughs> I think we have to win Saturday. If we don't win Saturday, like, I don't think people would be calling for his heads. But the people who are saying, oh, you know, we're going in the right direction, I think there'd be a little bit of doubt if we don't go and beat Luxembourg on Saturday. So I think that's a massive game. And I think we have to win. If we wanted any chance of qualifying for World Cup, we have to win. But even apart from that, we have to win anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even. Th- I think. I think World Cup qualification. I think you ask anybody, it was. It's probably. It was out of the realms of possibility. Uh, before this match, I I yeah. think that like listen, I would I would take good performances. Like I was talking during the match to my group chat, and we were like, I'd rather see this than play awful football, turgid football, and qualify for every third European championship. Yeah. Like, because... Which we've been doing. Which, we, like, because yeah. even even from this, like, there's a spell in the match where we can see two goals, and that completely flips the game. But I kind of enjoyed watching Ireland tonight again, you know? And I've, 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 not, I've not been like, oh, I can't wait to put myself through 90 minutes of torture. That's that's I know I know again like that's another positive but like that's how I felt that's what yeah I, well that's why we're we're yeah. here to get your opinion you know so look hope hope springs eternal I think is what we're saying here uh, we are playing watchable football and hopefully that turns into winnable football and we scored two bleeding goals which which is double what we scored in all of the Stephen Kenny games uh, so so far and infinitely more than we've scored in well it's two more. Then we scored in uh, in all the games since the first one, so uh, that's a Mick, positive. We'll take double that on Saturday, though. Mick, I'd yeah. take going to every every third European Championship myself if I was given the choice. Well, it depends if you're going or not. They're they're, they're, br- they're a brilliant crack. The European, yeah. Well, they're, all, they're all spread out now. See, there's nowhere to. You know, Tony, the handy thing about this campaign is that I think we're we're thrown at anyway because nobody wants yeah. to go to Qatar. So nah, like, yeah. somebody... now we can boycott Qatar in peace. Now that we're not. This is what well, somebody... this, this was the plan all along. This was the master plan. <laughs> somebody somebody did, yeah, had I'm sorry. Today. I'm as I'm as uh, you know. I'm I'm all about human rights and everything like that. I'm. Somebody on Twitter said earlier that points cost 15 euro in Qatar. Yeah, so what's the point? What's the point of being What's the point? Okay, <laughs> that's enough for that. Uh, look, again, you can get involved in the comments and we'll see them afterwards. But unfortunately, we're going to bed. Uh, and we're going to bed very yeah. sad. But I'd go to a press hope. conference. Press conferences now for me, guys. The Jack Jock is on TV now, starting, so. Yeah, well, there you go. That's something to do for the evening uh, to make us all a lot happier because it's a very, very sad, unfortunately, uh, documentary, but worth watching. Um, for everybody else, go and watch. Uh, Gary's going to go to the press conference. The rest of us are going to go and reflect on what is a really unfortunate and sad result for Ireland, but 
we're taking positives in the performance and we hope that we can do it on Saturday. Stay tuned to Balls.e for all the reaction over the next, uh, over this evening and indeed tomorrow. Um, we'll have lots up there in the next while, uh, including Gary's player ratings, which are already there. Gary, who got the highest player rating? Eight, Seamus Coleman. Eight from Seamus Coleman. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Right, take care. Have a good night. Talk to you soon. Thank you.